On first down, the handoff to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10. He's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT, and he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40. He's at the 30. He's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Kenny Moore gets to Deshaun Watson. That's a sack for Kenny Moore. Kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice podcast. I'm your host, Cody Felger. Joining me again, our friend, basically your other co-host, Andrew Thomason. Andrew, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing very well, Cody. Doing very well. How are you? Hey, I am doing well as well. That's uh, kind of funny. Uh, doing well as well, though. I'm doing good. Um, life is good right now, man, and uh, wanting to keep on cranking out these podcasts. So um, the point of this podcast and the topic of this podcast we're going to do something uh, a little bit different. So we're going to look at three potential Colts going into 2020 who are going to be guys who are maybe a little bit under the radar, right? Guys that don't have a ton of expectations tied to their name in 2020, but guys that we think can be major overachievers in 2020. And now uh, just a little bit of a prerequisite here. Um, so these guys we think will undoubtedly or or very likely to make the final 53-man roster. So we think these are guys that could potentially, you know, if the expectation the bar is set here, we think they could raise that bar in 2020 and go past the expectations that are placed on them by fans and by media and by everybody. And so we have three guys. Andrew and I came up with our own list. And so, Andrew, who is your number three guy that you think could be a guy who could potentially, um, you know, be a guy that, that could – really surprise a lot of people here in 2020. It may shock a lot of people, Cody, but I'm going with Philip Rivers. Uh, and I'm going with Philip Rivers for this reason. I think a lot of people uh, tend to forget that Rivers just two seasons ago, or what will be two seasons ago um, here come August, was removed from, uh, you know, leading the Chargers to a 12-4 and record. He completed over 68% of his passes, had over 4,300 yards, averaged 8.5 yards per pass, had 32, excuse me, 32 passing touchdowns and only 12 interceptions. And so, I mean, he he played for a 37-year-old quarterback at the time. Tremendous, tremendous football. I know people are concerned about the 20 interceptions that he threw last season, and rightfully so, uh, especially since the majority of those came when the game was on the line. However, I will say uh, I did my fair share of film study. I studied all of his interceptions and in my personal opinion, most of those interceptions came from interior pressure uh, from when he was in the pocket. And the good news about that is that he probably won't have much of that since he has Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, and Mark Glowinski uh, up front to protect that interior. So I think Philip Rivers is certainly a player to keep your eye on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, starting out strong there. I know that's a guy that very polarizing for Colts fans, to say the least. Some are in love with it, and some are like absolutely hate it off of, you know, obviously the, the season that Rivers had last year. Um, so I agree with you there. I, I think it's potentially a guy who not a ton of expectations. I mean, some people are like he's going to be 
you know, revert back to 2018 Philip Rivers summer, like he's going to be worse than Jacoby Brissett was last year. And so I think three is a good spot. You know, it's not too crazy, but it's also, you know, there's some people who don't have a, a lot of high expectations for Philip Rivers. So I like that one. Um, my number three is going to be a guy who was drafted last year. He played in all 16 games, but he didn't start a game. Um, he had two and a half sacks from that defensive end position. He actually, when he was drafted, he was projected to play some Sam linebacker, but he ended up just, you know, the Colts just wanted him to play defensive end strictly. And so that's what he did last year. He had two and a half sacks. Um, he had three tackles for loss, five quarterback hits. And this guy's Ben Banigou, um, second round pick last year. And he's a guy that showed some flashes. You know, he kind of reminded me, his his rookie season kind of in certain ways reminded me of Kamoko Ture's rookie season. Um, and we know last year before he went down with that injury, Ture was really turning it on and, and really feels like, felt like there were some things that were clicking in him um, and and certainly looks to continue to project uh, very well. And But, you know, I, I think a guy like Banigou is a guy – you know, you mentioned Ture, who's getting a lot of hype. Justin Houston, who already has a lot of hype. DeForest Buckner. I think this is a perfect opportunity for a guy like Ben Banigou. That that defensive end position opposite Justin Houston, it's open, right? It's it's available, and I think it, this could potentially be the chance that Ben Banigou is looking for to potentially break out and really exceed a lot of expectations. Not a ton of expectations on him right now. Um, but yeah, Ben Banigou is my guy here at number three. What do you think about this guy, Andrew? Well, I certainly think Banigou is somebody that could could surprise a lot of people, as you mentioned, Cody. Uh, he showed you know some several flashes that, as you said, reminded you of Kamoko Ture um, a little bit during his rookie season, and and like you said, most importantly, that defensive end spot opposite Justin Houston is wide open, and so you know. Um, Man, the best defensive end win, I suppose. And I think Ben Banigou has a, has a great chance to, as you mentioned, claim that defensive end spot. Yep. And then uh, moving on to your number two, who do you have here, Andrew, for your number two guy? I've got Kari Willis uh, as my number two guy. And it, I mean, he came in as a rookie and pretty much earned within the first few weeks by week three, I believe he earned that starting strong safety role, and he he rightfully earned that because he had you know he played pretty well. He had 71 combined tackles, 18 assisted. He had no interceptions, but there's one game, Cody, that really stands out to me, and that's the game against Kansas City on Sunday Night Football on the biggest stage perhaps in the entire NFL when your secondary is depleted with injuries and you have a rookie in Kari Willis, who, mind you, the Colts traded up for, something we didn't really see too much of Chris Ballard prior to that uh, in that draft. He came in and played well. He was a tackling machine. The Colts put him in the box to help stop the run on multiple times, and he did pretty well at that uh, too. And so I think Kari Willis is certainly somebody to keep your eye on going into 2020. Yeah, Kari Willis is a guy that I really like. Um, and when the Colts drafted him in the fourth round, I mean, I think the, it was fair to say the expectation for a lot of people was, you know, he's probably not going to see the field a lot in 2020. He's probably going to be more of a special teams player. You know, maybe eventually he works his way into the starting role um, and maybe at the end of the year. But I, I couldn't and, and nobody really could have projected the kind of season that Corey Willis would have. I mean, you mentioned it, you know, right from the start, you know, taking away that strong safety position from Clayton Gathers and never relinquishing it 
and not just holding down that position, but thriving in that position, being one of the best rookies at his position and arguably one of the best defensive rookies in the league last year. Uh, certainly a guy for Kari Willis that I think is not getting a lot of hype, you know, not enough hype. It's certainly, you know, because of how great he was last year. And, you know, with, I, just, I guess it's just because of the overshadowing of some of the other impact players the Colts have added on that defensive side. You know, DeForest Buckner, potentially Xavier Rhodes, and some other guys. Um, I think we could potentially kind of forget about a guy like Kari Willis, who's really, you know, shown, you know, since he's been drafted, that he's a guy that the Colts can rely on potentially to be their strong safety of the future. So really like that one as well. Um, for me, um, speaking of the secondary, my number two guy is actually a guy that was drafted this year. And this may surprise some people, but I'm going to go with cornerback Isaiah Rogers. He was the guy that was drafted in the sixth round this year, picked 211, actually was, tra- you know, the Colts traded away Quincy Wilson, former second round pick in 2017. And with that pick, they selected Rogers. Now, Rogers and Wilson are completely different body types. Wilson's over six foot, 200 pounds. Rodgers is 5'10", 170. He's a guy that, you know, on the surface, you kind of would be asking, well, this is, a, is this a downgrade? But you know, I don't think so. And I'll tell you why I don't think so. You know, first off, the slot is huge for what this defense does. We know Kenny Moore is a huge, huge guy in the slot. He's one of the best slot corners, if not the best slot corner in the league. But you know, injuries happen in this league. And we saw last year when Kenny Moore got banged up for a couple games, uh, the Colts defense suffered in the slot. I mean, they had nobody that even sniffed uh, the kind of production they got from Kenny Moore there in the slot. And so throwing a guy like Isaiah Rogers, who can play the slot, right? He's got that size to be a good slot corner, but he can also play outside. He played a lot of outside at UMass. Um, and also another thing that he adds, Quincy Wilson did not add, was his special teams ability. I think that's something that can't be understated. I feel like a lot of people don't really think about how valuable special teams are, but you know, throwing a guy like Rogers, you know, he ran a four, two, eight 40. I mean, he's, he's a burner type of guy. And he also returned some punts and kicks at UMass. And so, um, you know, he returned 99 kickoffs, um, average about 23.6 yards. He returned 21 punts. Averaged about 7.4 and a touchdown. Um, he set UMass's school records for career kick returns, yards, and interceptions, returned for a touchdown. And so I just think he's a guy that a lot of people, when they think of six-round picks, they think of guys that probably aren't going to make the roster, probably are not going to contribute right away. But I think he's a guy that could potentially contribute, maybe not on the defense right away, but on special teams, certainly in the return game, especially since the Colts decided to Rodgers, who's done a lot of the returning for the Colts in the last few seasons. And so what do you think here, Andrew, about my pick here of Isaiah Rodgers? I certainly think Rodgers is interesting, as you mentioned, Cody, just for all the, the, the amount of versatility that he brings with his special teams play. Um, the 4-2 speed is something that, that you mentioned is to keep your eye on. And then – you know, as you mentioned, the importance of the slot. Um, and, you know, when Kenny Moore went down, the Colts didn't really have anybody that, like you said, came close to to the production that Kenny Moore had. Uh, and so that was an important position for the Colts to fill. And I think they went out and they got Rodgers possibly for that reason. I think he's, as you mentioned, able to maybe compete with TJ Carey, who they also brought in uh, to possibly play the slot. And I think he's got a good chance to earn that backup role. Yeah. 
Absolutely. All righty. So our number one picks here, Andrew, for your number one guy you think is going to break out and exceed expectations, who is he? He's a guy that's been getting a little bit more attention as of late, Cody. Uh, and it's somebody that, uh, honestly, when he was drafted in the third round out of Stanford in last year's draft, or not last year's, but 2018 or 2019, pardon me, uh, I didn't really expect too much from him. But uh, it's Bobby Okariki. And Okariki, I think, came in as a rookie and played tremendous, tremendous football, uh, played right alongside Anthony Walker and arguably had um, a slightly better season than Walker. He had 65 combined tackles, 17 assisted and a sack, which I believe came in the Tennessee game uh, at home last season. Uh, Okariki's a guy that that certainly showed that he has the capability of, of earning a starting role in that linebacking corp. And I think this season, honestly, Okariki, Walker, and Leonard could create one of the best linebacking tandems in the entire National Football League. Um, you know, just because a player is drafted in the mid to late rounds, as we've seen with Chris Ballard and Anthony Walker and Bobby Okariki primarily, uh, doesn't mean that they can't come in and perform and play well and earn a starting role. And Okariki, I think, exceeded expectations last year, and I think he's got a really good chance to do it again this year. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned that he was a breakout guy last year. You know, he was I think he was kind of overshadowed a little bit by, you know, just Kari Willis coming onto the scene. Um, but I think, yeah, he's certainly a guy that at least from an athletic standpoint, he's more athletic than Anthony Walker. He's a guy that just overall, you know, he has a lot of those Darius Slender type traits that you look for. I know that his comp coming out of Stanford was actually Darius Leonard. Now, obviously, Darius Slender is a little more athletic and everything like that, but you know, he's just a guy that he gets it, right? He wasn't afraid to go in there as a rookie. I mean, he was so good. The Colts felt like they could not keep him off the field, right? They basically changed their Sam linebacker position, the nature of that position, to get Okariki on the field with Walker and Leonard. I mean, that just shows you how good he was last year. And he was only a rookie. He's going to get better, right? He's going to get better as he continues to acclimate to the NFL level, as he continues to get his body right. He's just going to be – he's one of those guys, along with Kari Willis, who I think really, you know, fantastic home run guys in the mid-rounds. Uh, so I certainly think he's a guy that ha- is not getting enough hype. He's getting a little bit more, like you mentioned, but I think he deserves more hype than he's getting because I think he's coming and he's going to come hard. And the, a lot of people are going to be surprised when he's one of the best linebackers in the league in the next few years. Okay, so moving on to my number one guy. So I thought about this for a while, and I know Derek's going to like this guy for me because I feel like he's been disrespected a lot. He's kind of been forgotten and written off. And that guy for me is definitely Paris Campbell. I mean, he's a guy that was drafted last year in the second round. He only played in seven games, right? He had a couple different injuries. Um, I know he broke his hand after that Pittsburgh game. He had another couple injuries. He got injured in training camp. Just a freak year for Paris Campbell with those injuries. But the reason why I say he's so underrated and why I think he could potentially break out is first the addition of Philip Rivers, who we know is an automatic upgrade in terms of how much it helps your receivers and everybody on that offense. Um, and then second, I just think, you know, he's he's got to get his body right. And I think he knows that and he's going to continue to do that. And also, you know, he has now a guy that Colts drafted and Michael Pittman to kind of take the pressure off of him a little bit. 
right now the Colts have T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman, Zach Paschal, who kind of broke out last year, and then Paris Campbell. I mean, he's a guy that when he gets the ball in the Pittsburgh game, he had over 100 scrimmage yards when they got the ball in his hand. Now, there are certain things he's going to have to clean up, undoubtedly, but I think he's a guy that a lot of people are forgetting about and kind of riding off, and I think that's not a good idea to do because I am a big Paris Campbell guy. I believe that he's a guy that just adds another element, a dynamic element that your offense has been missing for so long. But the question will be, can he play most of the games? You know, can he play 14, 15 games? And, you know, will you get him the ball and give him, you know, similar to Naheem Hines, we feel like Naheem Hines has been really underused since he's been with the Colts. Can you just give those guys more chances to just make plays? You know, they have those speed, they have that speed. The Colts drafted him. The fastest receiver in that draft drafted Naheem Hines, the fastest running back in that draft. Now I think it's time to just see what you got with those guys. Let them make a play. Don't make Phillip Rivers throw the ball down the field 40, 50 yards all the time, right? And do do more of those short passes. And I think that's what Phillip Rivers excels in. And I think that's exactly why I think Paris Campbell is primed for a bigger year than a lot of people are expecting. So that's my take there on Paris Campbell. Andrew, did you have any thoughts before we wrap it up here? on Paris Campbell? I think you hit the nail on the head there, Cody, uh, with Campbell. I think he's an excellent player. Um, obviously, you mentioned his his season, uh, his rookie season was unfortunately cut short due to injuries. I think he's a guy that, uh, as you mentioned, brings a, a unique kind of explosiveness uh, to an offense. And when you have an offense that's as uniquely ran uh, as Frank Reich and Nick Sirianni's is, and you have a guy in Phillip Rivers who uh, had a guy in Travis Benjamin who could maybe be a, a player comparison to P- Paris Campbell. Some may argue Campbell's a bit faster and a bit more explosive, but Travis Benjamin, uh, you know, played quite well in Los Angeles and was was quite the security blanket at times for Philip Rivers. And I think, as you mentioned, if Campbell can stay healthy and play all 16 games, I think he's going to be quite the weapon uh, for Philip Rivers in this offense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, that'll do it for this podcast, guys. Thanks for listening, as always. We really appreciate all the support you guys give us. Um, Be sure to like, subscribe, leave a comment on who you think, if there are any players that we missed that you think could potentially surprise a lot of people in 2020. Let us know in the comments. But for Andrew and myself, thank you guys. And as always, go Colts.